everyone, and welcome back to Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you today? Hey, Alan. I'm doing good, buddy. You know, folks, it was really touch and go as far as whether or not Alan and I would be able to make the drive uh, into LFP Worldwide Headquarters today. As Does this have to do with our, our, our declaration of uh, 2022? Why try? Well, I don't think so, but unless the weather has also uh, oh, uh, got our declaration that. down pat, because yeah. Snowmageddon has hit the the Midwest. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah, much of the country, in fact. So uh, yeah. we were definitely not left out of the party. Uh, today, Constantine is filling in for our engineer, Harvey, who had the day off and he is glad. Is he snowbound? Is that what happened? Uh, no, he just don't want to. Oh, OK. They come in. Why I, try? Why try? Oh, oh <laughs> see, I knew it would affect somebody. But I know before he he left to not try. Yeah. Um, he, he he built this this new big board uh, beside us, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah, that. We're, what we're referring to is... Uh, it's a big board. It's about two foot by three foot. It's kind of like a smaller version of what you you, you would see at an airport, like the planes arriving, departing, that sort of oh, thing. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, and, or maybe like a smaller version of the Family Feud board, mm, that sort of thing. Mm, mm. And apparently he's pro- programmed in some sound effects, I guess, uh, that we can use uh, during wow. the show. Wow. Should we, should we, we want to just do that in the show or you want to check them out now? I don't know. Push one of the buttons. See what happens. Well, let's see. Uh Oh, that's a nice one. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder what the rest of them are. That's a pleasant one. I guess it'll be his mystery. All right. Well, we'll have to see what that, how that turns out. All right. Good. We could always use more sound effects. I've always said that. Oh, absolutely. All good shows have at least 30 sound effects. Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, their success, you know, depends on them. Clearly. Yep. <laughs> well, Mark, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're no, going no, to no, talk no. about season four, episode eight, smallest park. Smallest park. Not the smallest episode, but it is a short one at 2134. We've just got the standard cut this week. No producers cut. This episode first aired on November 17th, 2011, and this was directed by Nicole Hofserner. Uh, I think this is her second of four episodes she ultimately directs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can look her up. Uh, she was associated with Parks, uh, One Mississippi, The Tignataro Show, uh, and then more recently, uh, producer and writer on Mrs. Fletcher. So oh, nice. a great Catherine Hahn. Yeah. And then uh, was written by Chelsea Peretti. I've heard of her. I don't know. Some of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and just crazy, wacky Chick of comedy, I guess. She is funny. She's very funny. Very funny. Very, very funny. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to covering this episode. Mark, would you like to kick us off with our synopsis? Yes, except, you know, you have to use the proper English. It's synopsis. Oh, I'm so sorry. With emphasis of the C's. All right. There you go. All right. So I have an A story, a B story, and a C story. And I have the A story as a... You know, Alan, I have a theme uh, uh, evolving here, and I want to see if you can you can you know detect right. it. Let me see if um, I can pick up on the, it. Yeah. The A story is uh, entitled Leslie, the newest member of Mannheim Steamroller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. All right. As Leslie and Ben near completion on their project to build the smallest park in Indiana, Ben tells Leslie he plans to have Chris take over Parks and Rec business while he focuses elsewhere because being around her is too much for him to deal with. In response and in desperation, Leslie does anything she can to delay the opening of the park so she and Ben will continue to work together, including such tactics as whipping the Pawnee townspeople into a frenzy so they protest the park. What will happen? Will the smallest park in Indiana ever officially open? Can Anne ever get a word in edgewise when trying to help (laughs) Leslie? Is this truly the end of Leslie and Ben? 
Stay tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. Wow. Well, Mark, you know, our, our shippers out there, they prefer the term Bensley. Bensley. Yeah. Yes. So get it right. I stand corrected. Fair enough. All right. So B story, uh, continuing my theme here. Yeah. Now get this. Everybody fonts to rule the world. No, <laughs> no it was actually really good. I just wanted to see what that button did. Oh, oh that's so worth it. <laughs> that's actually pretty good, though. Everybody yeah. fonts to rule the world. Referring, like of course, for the for sure. the young people, a Tears for Fears, 1985 yeah. album, Songs from the Big Chair, and song Everybody Wants to Rule the World. All right. Um, so, B story. Everybody fonts to rule the world. Chris <laughs> asks Tom and Jerry... I like the cat and mouse to rethink the department's visual brand, which basically means a new font. <laughs> the assignment is right in Jerry's comfort zone. Tom, on the other hand, wants to do much more and ends up going overboard. Go figure his suggestions, including remodeling existing buildings and a, even a freaking reality show. While Tom takes a stand as a dreamer, Jerry, decidedly a non dreamer, objects and warns Tom this outlandish thinking is what maybe doomed his company how will this turn out will tom get jerry to start dreaming will jerry get tom to calm the hell down will chris be pleased with their final deliverable stick around all will be revealed dot 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 nice job very good all right now c story finishing my theme entitled i'm going back to college 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 (laughs) Huh? Oh, uh. No, please try again. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Uh, a reference to the, the terrific Going Back to Cali by LL Cool J. That is correct. Album yeah. Less Than Zero, 1987. Wow. All right. In an attempt to improve himself, Andy plans to go back to college. 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 <laughs> Starting with one class. But he's having a hard time deciding what to take. April and Ron take up uh, kind of a... Uh, devil and angel yes, uh, uh, positions on his shoulders with April suggesting, you know, just take something easy to get an A. Ron suggesting take a new subject, broaden your horizons a little bit. After trying to adopt each of their approaches, Andy decides to take matters into his own hands. What will happen? What class did Andy choose? Does Andy like the class he selected? How does Andy plan to pay for his class? Hang in there, podcast viewers. Only time will tell. Dot, dot, dot. Very, very nice. I like that. I think overall we get a. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. So nice job. Like it. Yeah. I like this board that Constantine built us. Harvey. Oh, Harvey? Yeah, Constantine's worthless. Oh, oh the car, Har- there he is. Constantine's back today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I he's, missed that. He's filling in for Harvey, who, oh. who, who's, who doesn't want to try. Those two guys. I can never tell who's going to be here for week to week now. They look almost identical. It's almost like they're twinsies. <laughs> kind of like Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> well played, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, nice job, Mark, on the uh, synopsis C's. Yes, thank you. Uh, maybe we should get into our AKAs real quick. Oh, yeah, the AKAs. Yeah. All right. Well, I... Did pick- you do it the right way today or the wrong way? <laughs> Tell you what, yeah. I'll, I'll let you decide. I'll be the judge of that. So I, I, I decided to do three AKAs, one from each story. Oh, I like this. Judges I, like it. I like it when I do good. Yeah. Um, so from the A story... There's a point where Leslie uh, has one of her awesome, uh, I think you term this as a Leslie Ann compliment, and and Ann's trying to help her, and yeah. Leslie simply says, oh, Ann, will you just shut your beautiful pie hole? <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> um, from what I had is the B story, which yeah. is the, the the Tom and Jerry one. Um, they're, they're trying to pick a font, 
at least initially. Yeah. And, and Jerry just says in a very Jerry way, I think that Comic Sans always screams fun. Oh, my God. Which, I mean, I totally see him saying that, you know. He would say it and I wanted to punch him for saying it. <laughs> I like Comic Sans. It's silly. Um, And then finally, from the sea story, um, Ron, at one point, when they're kind of trying to figure out what class Andy's going to take, they they end up walking out of a class uh, with an an attractive blonde uh, instructor. And as they walk out, Ron uh, very uh, seriously turns around and says, I think you would make an incredible brunette. (laughs) Ron Swanson. (laughs) Made me laugh. She didn't even ask. I think uh, she was a little nonplussed. Well, I think she was a little bit shocked because, you know, well, we'll get into it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How about you? Uh, Mark, I had, uh, I also did the same thing this week. I did three AKAs, one per storyline. My A storyline, somewhat near yours uh, with Leslie, basically telling Anne, look, just sit there. Let me stare at you while I, while you silently support me on the gameplay. Yeah, that yeah. seems about right. I that is I want that on a T-shirt to share with the world so yeah. they can support me thusly. That's what you say when you're a member of Mannheim Steamroller. <laughs> she really is. Yep. Is that the rolly thing on the front? I don't know anyway, what you call that. Yeah. Well, and then on the B storyline, uh, <laughs> Tom says, today I'm a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon and the Parks Department's a wrinkly old <laughs> housewife in her early 30s. What's wrong with him? This is not right. <laughs> it's good. It's funny, though. What a jerk. And then in the C storyline, uh, you know, Andy just basically. And he is. He's really trying to find the right class. And then I think someone, uh, April, reads a, to a class to him about the Civil War. Oh, yeah. And he says, why would I take a class on something that's already happened? Oh, never <laughs> thought about it like that. Well, he may be in trouble with this whole college thing. Yeah. 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 All right. Because there's a lot of stuff that's I checked. Most of it's already happened. I know. In fact, the thing that just happened just happened. I don't even now I'm getting depressed. It's like a runaway train, this thing. I don't I don't even know. I'm just gonna sit here in the corner. Fair enough. <laughs> and rock like normal. That's right. All right. Well, nice job on the synopses and the AKAs. Why don't we get into the episode breakdown today, Mark? And I know we're gonna start off with the cold open which I think pretty much kicks us off with a, this exciting new assignment for Tom and Jerry. And maybe we should just play this to kick things off today. That's a great idea. Tom, I would like you to redesign our Parks Department logo. Sounds cool so far. Rethink our visual brand. Take these words and make something amazing. So you're saying you want me to choose a new font? Yes, essentially, I'd like you to choose a new font. <laughs> Jerry, I am making you... My number two guy on the new font project. So Come on, that's too close. Let's make him my number three. Fair enough. Jerry, you're number three. There's only two of us. He has been in this department a long time. I think maybe you could learn something from him. <laughs> wow, we're starting in on the PBJ early. Real early. Yeah. And I still can't decide if Chris is laughing because... Everyone else is laughing. I think so. That's kind of how I yeah. interpret it. Because I don't. I don't think he's he, mean. He's he's odd. Yes. But I don't think he's mean. I don't think he's mean. I don't think he would purposely jump in the punching bag Jerry line. Right. I think he just is laughing because everyone else is. I kind of yeah. took it that way, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to form a support group for our Jerry fans out there. I know there's this special group of people who love parks, but they really dislike it when people pick on Jerry. Yeah. So. We, we might want to just form a support group for them. I That's not a bad idea. Yeah, we'll have to think about that. 
Well, Mark, from there, we move out into the conference room and our main episode opens up with Leslie explaining the deets on what will soon be Pawnee's newest and smallest park. Yep. Leslie is in one of the conference rooms. I wasn't sure which one um, with Chris and Ben. And and she's showing Chris a model of, a, of the smallest park that she and Ben want to build. And she's telling him all about it. It's on the side of an old telephone booth. And yes, it is true. It's only point zero 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 three square miles. But it'll it's, it'll be the smallest park in Indiana. There's no resistance from the community. It's small enough not to need an environmental impact report. It's inexpensive. It benefits the town. It's basically a slam dunk. And Chris is excited and very proud of them. Between this and the new font, Chris is having a good day. I know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll have to see what happens with that. Well, meanwhile, out in the bullpen at April's desk, Andy is looking to expand his mind or at least get an easy A uh, by taking his (laughs) first college course, as you alluded to in the opening. Yeah. At April's desk, Andy and April, I think, are both looking through some college course catalogs. Um, As we talked about, Andy wants to improve himself, so he's just going to take one class, but he, he can't decide what he wants to take. Well, Overhearing the conversation, Ron comes out to join him. And and as I alluded to, uh, Ron and April kind of take up a devil and angel yes, uh, a, a pair of positions on Andy's shoulders with April urging him to take uh, something to get an easy A. Ron suggesting he take a new subject to broaden his horizons. Andy seems to be at this point, I think, leaning towards guitar for beginners, which looks like it maybe is frustrating Ron a little bit. I, I love there that, you know. You're right. I mean, I, that was my thought when I watched the episode, too. You kind of got April representing the, you know, take the easy way out. Yeah, yeah. And you've got Ron representing the, you know, pull yourself up and make yourself better, son, uh, on the other shoulder. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting dichotomy. Yeah. Well, Mark, over in Ben's office, Leslie is ready to chat about the logistics for this smallest park project, including, you know, oversized ribbon scissors. But Ben has some news for Leslie that she really doesn't want to hear. Yeah, it opens with Leslie sitting in Ben's empty office, soon followed by Ben walking in and then seeing Leslie clearly surprised to to see her there. Um, And as Ben sits down, Leslie excitedly starts right in with a list of like 10,000 things that she wants to talk to him about. But Ben cuts her off to tell her something rather important, specifically after the smallest park project wraps up. He's going to ask Chris to take over all parks and rec business and he's going to focus on other departments. Leslie is stunned at this and tries to talk Ben out of it, but Ben sticks to his guns. Finally, Leslie gets up clearly unhappy, steals all of his pens and pencils and leaves his office. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of made me laugh. Hey, those are my pens and pencils. Yep. Well, at least he didn't have the giant ceremonial scissors. That would have left a big gap in his office. I know. I know. She still has to find those. Yeah. Well, Mark, I learned most of what I know about fonts from the hit TV show, The Middle. And I also know that choosing the right one can be difficult. Difficult. (laughs) Nice callback. Um, So, yeah, at this point, we see Tom and Jerry in the bullpen. And they're looking at a poster board on an easel with the words, Park and Rec- Parks and Recreation printed out several times, each time in a different font. Jerry is standing next to the easel giving his opinions. Comic Sans. Um, Tom is sitting down. He is bored. He is confused. And I think he's kind of disgusted at all this. Like he just blah. Finally, after Jerry's 
after Jerry describes Helvetica as popping for him, Tom Lord. Tom loses his patience and suggests that they expand this project from changing the font to a top to bottom makeover for the entire department. And Jerry objects, saying, I don't know, Tom, I think maybe we should just stick to the assignment. Tom says, you know, uh, technically, he has a little talking head I'd like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, first he says, right to Jerry. He says, I'd take your advice if I wanted to be a, de- a dead-eyed government drone with no ambition. <laughs> That's a little harsh. It's like, yeah, it's right on the nose, isn't it? Like, you just bloodied it. I know. Like, like, hey, you just, like, it's your first day or maybe first week. Like, That's you, true. you better behave, buddy. Well, Tom says, you know, his his new job is basically his old job, but he doesn't want to be some Jerry, boring Jerry Gergich type guy. He's more of a Steve Harvey. Mm. I like that. He dreams big. He shakes things up and he always wears dope suits. I like that, too. Although I, I'm going to I'm going to refer to this later about how he doesn't want to be a boring Jerry, Jerry Gergich type guy. Yeah. Mm. OK, interesting. Yeah, Fair enough. Yeah. We'll have to revisit that. Well, Mark, sometimes the easy A is the way to go and sometimes not. I firmly believe that that is between you and your Gortar. Oh, Gortar. Where did our love went wrong? <laughs> April and Ron at this point are sitting at, in a classroom with Andy. I think that that they're in a period where they can shop around for different classes, Alan. Just yeah, so they April referred to out. this earlier in the episode as shopping week. Yeah. 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 Which is kind of a neat idea. It is a neat idea. Yeah, I like that. Um, and so you think I could just do 52 shopping weeks in a row? I think that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Be cheaper. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding? So, yeah, April and Ron uh, during a shopping session for a classroom, they're sitting with Andy uh, in what looks to be beginner's music uh, guitar class. I don't think Ron's too happy about this. And immediately we can tell that this is way way too basic for Andy. He starts answering everything and April telling him, dude, you got to dumb it down. <laughs> uh, I don't never know what is a Gortar. Uh, Andy comes to the conclusion that he's going to be bored out of his mind, at which point Ron points out, he, yeah, he's not challenging himself. Perhaps they could, they should look at some more classes. Yeah. So Andy and April, April reluctantly agree and they leave the classroom but not before Andy plays his way out, telling him, <laughs> I was an undercover rock star this whole time. Bing! <laughs> oh, <laughs> He's so funny. I, I found that particularly funny, especially since in a way. Ron actually is an undercover rock star. Hashtag Duke Silver. Well, it's true. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. Well, and Ron has the last line. This was one of your AKs, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Where he looks at the teacher who's, you know, she's probably about Ron's age or age appropriate anyway. And she has blonde hair, long blonde hair. And he says, for what it's worth, I think you would make an incredible brunette. Ron Swanson. (laughs) I love the pause. calling card. I know. I know. Like, yeah. Ron Swanson. (laughs) Oh my God. And she didn't know what to make of that. No, I think she's probably glad that they moved out of her class. Yup. Well, out in the courtyard, we learn that even in the face of this Ben crisis, Leslie has a plan. It's a terrible, obnoxious, selfish plan, but she has a plan. <laughs> Leslie is with Anne in the courtyard and she is pacing and venting to her about Ben. Leslie is basically freaking out since the only thing that she has left with Ben, work, is, is this little park? Yeah. And, and, and it's going away. Yeah. And listens as a sympathetic ear until Leslie turns her innocently supportive comments into some sort of 
an idea that since work is all that she and Ben have left, and since this will be the last project, obviously she needs to make this project last a long, long, long time. And Anne tries to protest, but Leslie pleads with her to shut her beautiful <laughs> pot, which I love. And please support my crazy plan. And and protests again, but it's too late. Leslie is now on a mission. I love the little, the, the, there's some great dialogue in here though. Yeah. Where Leslie says to Anne, your quiet support means the world to me, as well as your tacit endorsement of all my behavior. That was your AK, yeah, right? Yeah. That's yeah. pretty good. So, well, Mark, you know, from there, we, and speaking of Leslie's terrible plan to rile up some crazy Pawnians, we jump over to a hastily prepared town forum and things get off to a somewhat predictable start. <laughs> do they ever yeah i know i never know what whether to call these town halls or public forums i guess they're kind of one in the same but i don't know mm. they're not? no no the sign out front clearly says public forum ah so it, you have to take it at its word oh, that's true i mean i guess town hall implies that you're at the town hall building yeah i mean town halls become a you know, one of those political terms. Yeah. Yeah. It just means I'm going to talk to constituents. I hate politics. Yeah. All right. All right. So Leslie and Ben are at a Pawnee public forum uh, to discuss the small park. And Leslie addresses the crowd, telling them they need to investigate every detail. The citizens start to bring up stuff. It becomes obvious Leslie's going to drag this out a long time. Let's actually let's have Constantine play this clip. All right. Let's do it. Thank you for coming to this very important and what I suspect will be lengthy. <laughs> meeting. Hmm. The proposed park is very small, but we believe we need to investigate every detail. Right. So if anyone has any questions for me or assistant city manager Ben Wyatt, go right ahead. Hi, I have a question about this project. Oh, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's the fire? <laughs> Let's get to know each other first. Tell me about your childhood. Is there going to be basketball there? Basketball courts attract undesirables to my community. Uh, well, there's barely room for an actual basketball, much less a court. Because there's a definite type of person I associate with basketball, and I'd rather not have that type of person nearby. Don't worry. You don't need to worry. Okay, I'll just come right out and say it. I'll Good tell Lord. you what type you of person do I that. don't no, like. No, 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 no. I think we get it. Yep, we do, Rose. And you bring up a very good point. Intolerance. Can we be doing more? I'd like to hear from each and every one of you about a time when prejudice has touched your lives. Wow. I forget about racist Rose. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every town's got one or a lot. <laughs> yep. Depending on where you live. Yeah, true, true enough. Well, Mark, back at Pawnee Community College, Andy just recently saw Austin Powers, and he is really excited for this next class he is sampling. <laughs> April and Ron are once again sitting in a classroom with Andy while he he shops it. Yeah. Uh, and he, he's, uh, it looks like an introduction to lasers. Lasers. Class. Um, by the Alan Fire Parsons the Project. <laughs> Andy is very excited about the class. We, we see him doing the fist pump. Like yes. he's, he's just oh, lasers, lasers, lasers. Um, he can't wait to play with the lasers. However, as the professor starts to talk about the class, Andy becomes horrified to realize they won't be using actual lasers in the class. It's about the theory of lasers. I mean, Alan, the professor isn't even using <laughs> a laser pointer. <laughs> Andy is bummed oh, at this. I felt for him at that point. He's so dejected when he says it, too. He's not even using a laser pointer. His And, and his ending <laughs> cracked me up. You know, he, he quietly looks at the camera and says, one of the most significant <laughs> bummers of my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this class isn't for him. I know. 
Well, back in the bullpen, Tom's ideas all seemed to have something to do with, well, plagiarism? <sighs> yep, that's a strength, apparently. So we're we're in the bullpen again, and and Tom is at the uh the easel, I think, with his own poster board yeah, showing yeah. what he has so far to Jerry. And I think Donna is there as well, just yep. kind of looking on. Yeah. Um, although I don't think she's on the project technically, but you know. No, she's an interested bystander. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So far, what he's come up with can be summed up like this. A, the Sopranos font, yeah. which is the one where you got the guns for yeah. the R's. Yeah. Uh, Forget uh, Ariel. This is a much better R. I got to say, not the worst font. <laughs> I kind of like it. Anyway, that's one. B, Alan, he's done a complete makeover of our uh, beloved William Percy Recreation Center. Oh, sure. Center. Yeah. And apparently... And that looks like an Apple store. <laughs> <It> really does. <laughs> oh my God. This is also where uh, he had his little talking head and he had my AKA about Oh, yeah. It. He's talking about, you know, that's right. It looks like an Apple store. Today I'm a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon, you know, blah, blah. <laughs> well, Mark, it's a really sad state of affairs when you can't even count on folks like Mel to help stir up some crap. I- I'm not sure this is going as well as Leslie would have liked. I, I don't know that it's following Leslie's game plan. No, I'll not definitely so far. say that. Yeah. So back at the public forum, um, we see some woman sitting down. Apparently she just ended a story of some kind, blah, blah, blah. And Leslie tries very hard to get someone else, anyone else to continue talking. So she's kind of desperate at this point. And she, she even calls upon her, her ringer. Uh, in the crowd, uh, the, Mel, the he's like he's kind of a skinny, slightly balding yeah. guy with yeah. glasses. Red he's, face. He's mad. Yeah. He's always mad at stuff. He's mad. He's always yelling at everything. And and even he has nothing more to say. Um, and Ben, at this point, calls it, gets up, says, thanks, everyone, for coming and walks out. Leslie's a little bummed herself. I, I love it. Leslie goes, come on, Mel, you're always up in arms about something. He says, no, I'm not. I'm not always up in arms about something. There we go. That's the spirit. <laughs> but he didn't take the bait. No. It did not work. Nope. Well, back at the community college, choosing the right class has also been harder than Andy expected. And now he will wisely employ the power of eeny, meeny, miny, mo. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is an interesting trio of short scenes. Um, and they're all about Andy finding his class. Yeah. So we start out, Ron and April are walking with Andy uh, outside and then and they're all looking through college information and Ron and April continue to play the devil angel roles as we talked about with April suggesting, for example, uh, intramural, intramural frisbee golf. Love it. And Ron suggesting the Civil War, uh, you know, something interesting, broaden your horizons, blah, 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 which is not bad advice. Andy opts to ignore both the devil and angel and makes his choice as he always does. He looks right at the camera, lifts his hand up, twirls it in circles for about 10 seconds. And then while still looking at the camera, boop, brings it down on the catalog at random yep. change scene. We now see Ron, April and Andy seated inside at a course titled intro to Women's studies led by Professor Linda Lonigan, a strong, confident, attractive brunette. Andy and April are both fascinated. And Ron seems to be somewhat taken as well for perhaps other reasons. Yeah, right. Um, brunette. Um, so then the, the third uh, scene in the trio, after the intro to women's studies class, they're all walking outside again. And they're talking about how awesome the class was. Uh, again, Ron, for maybe slightly different uh, reasons than April and Andy. Um, Andy declares proudly that it's decided. 
Andy Dwyer will be taking women's lasers. lasers. Or, yeah, yeah. Women's studies. He, he just can't stop thinking about lasers. Is there something called women's lasers? Because if there is, that'd be his first pick. Oh, are you kidding me? Sign me up. Mark, I love a couple of things. One, Andy identifies for us as he randomly picks. This is how he will make his choice, as he always does, yeah. by random. Yep. <laughs> and that Ron, you know, his 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 feedback on the Professor Lonigan is that if she weren't so violently opposed to marriage that he thinks he would propose to her. Yeah. He likes so, strong women. Yeah, he, did, he really does. Yep. Yep. Well, out in the smallest park, Leslie has gone to new extremes, given that her initial extremes clearly failed. <laughs> yeah. At the smallest park, we see Leslie has it looks like she has a grill and a cooler and, and a table. And she, maybe she's cooking up some hamburgers and hot dogs, that sort of thing uh, to promote it. And a bunch of the people from the town hall uh, approach her like in a little mini mini mob uh, looking agitated and concerned. They were told that this tiny park would have very little impact on the neighborhood. But Mel finally seems a little upset. about. He this. certainly does. Yeah. Apparently, flyers have been now handed out listing hundreds of events, including fireworks every night at midnight. But yeah, they start at midnight. Who knows how long they'll go? <laughs> Leslie, subtly uh, or not, reveals that the, the city skipped the environmental impact report. And so I don't know. There's a lot of unknowns. But, you know, if you're interested, what we can do about it, you know, I have some ideas if you want to stick around. <laughs> Jeez. She is opening a can of worms, Mark. She certainly is. A very, very smallest in Indiana <laughs> the can world's of worms. Smallest can of worms. Yep. Well, back in the bullpen, Tom's newest ideas are clearly stolen, but they're not necessarily helpful either. <laughs> Tom is continuing to show Jerry what he has so far, starting with a picture of Pawnee's current team of four park rangers. Alan, I did notice that... Uh, Carl Lorthner is not in the picture. He wasn't. That somehow made me sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, Tom shows Jerry what he envisions as a makeover for the Rangers. So he removes the original picture for to now show a a colorful ad for the Ranger reality show featuring the four park (laughs) Rangers and a beautiful woman next to each park Ranger. And of course, uh, Tom's infamous a pensive photo, the one where he has the little tiny coffee cup. He's used that photo so many, so many times, times. Yeah. and it's at like the very top center because yeah. so he's front and center. Yeah, that glamour shots investment paid off. Oh my gosh! At this point, Jerry politely objects, telling Tom he's gone way off track, and Tom is preparing to take a stand. Like he tells Jerry, "You know what? I'm a dreamer, and you got to deal with it." Jerry gives yeah. this very interesting line. He says he's kind of chuckles a little bit, and he says, "Tom." Weekends are for dreaming. You are a government worker. This is a government job. Plus, isn't dreaming big exactly what got you in trouble with your old company? And Jerry and Jerry walks off and Tom sits there in silence looking miserable. At two, Jerry. At two. You know what? This is a really sobering moment for time. It was like a punch in the gut. It really was. And yet in delivered by Jerry. And yet, you know what, Alan, In, in my opinion, I don't think Jerry was being malicious. Like he said what he said with absolutely no heat behind it. Yeah, that's absolutely true. It still hit him like a ton of bricks. Well, and I think especially because it's coming from the guy he makes fun of all the time. And somebody like that has now told him something he really needed to hear. Yes. Yeah. I completely agree. This episode is a lot about people getting messages they didn't necessarily want to receive, but needed to receive. Completely agree. Yeah. Interesting. 
Well, Mark, over at the smallest park, God clearly hates small parks. <laughs> and Leslie has figured out a new strategy to drag out this protest even longer if this doesn't work. Uh, she might actually have to finally give in if it doesn't work. Oh, holy hell. Yeah. So we now see protesters marching in a circle, a very small circle um, around the, the small park. Uh, and Leslie's still by a table on the side. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, Chris and Ben now arrive on the scene. Apparently, they were alerted that, they, you know, well, that, sure. that the tide has turned, so yeah. to speak. Um, hey, there are literally peoples, <laughs> multiple peoples at the smallest park. It's oh, noticeable. Holy cow. Yeah. Hey, uh, Constantine, buddy, why don't you go ahead and play this clip? This is a good one. Hey, where are you going, Joe? Bathroom break? No, get back over there. I'll find you a bottle or something. <laughs> where did all of these people come from? And why did they turn so quickly on this project? Well, you know how it goes. It only takes one nut job to get people riled up. <laughs> I hate to say this, but I think we're going to have to do that environmental impact report. They are explicitly demanding it. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> Listen up. Uh, in response to your complaints, we are canceling all of these disruptive events. This park is just going to be a quiet patch of grass, harming nobody. Everybody cool? Great. <laughs> dream team? Actually, Chris, I know you think that we're a dream, dream team. team. <laughs> yeah, but we're not. You see, Leslie here is a team of one. And that might be a very good team, but she kind of steamrolls the rest of her team, me, to do whatever she wants, regardless of how the rest of her team, me, <laughs> feels. So, I don't think we should work together anymore. Wow. Wow, that was very hard to hear. So many negative words. <laughs> I just need to process this. Okay, the dream team is dead. But you guys had a great run. Oh, and the park is open. Yay! <laughs> Good job with that. Wow. That was a hard that was a hard message for Leslie to hear. Well, but you know, frankly, a little overdue. Completely agree. Like this is I think of Ben, and obviously, you know, we would have lost a whole episode doing this, but Ben could have done this so much earlier. Mm, yeah. You know, and not ruined those poor kids, you know, uh mock UN uh, you know. Uh, the model UN, the bo yeah, that at, at the moon op, the, at the moon op, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I it's hard to hear, but it's true. Yeah, and and I'm not sure if she's fully processed it yet, but she's definitely miserable. She's like Tom at this point. They've both just had this shock to the system. Yes, that they weren't expecting, and yep. now they get to like, what are they going to do next? Yep, what will happen? Dot dot dot. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> All right. Well, it's the start of a new day at the community center, and Andy gets a dose of reality as well when he learns exactly why so many college students, uh, you know, uh, incur exorbitant student loans. Mark, you know, instead of begging in the streets. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, really, go your there's own only way. two things you can do here. Well, you know, each you, 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 each to your own devices. Yeah, there. rich uncle. They forgot that one. <laughs> April's gone with Andy to watch him. You know, officially enroll in intro to women's studies or lasers if they still have it. <laughs> we'll see. They both walk up to the registration desk, which is being manned. Get it by a middle-aged woman. A woman, singular. I don't think she's several. No. Um, when the woman asks for. Uh, $940, April and Andy go, zoinks, <laughs> and have a minor freakout moment. N clearly, neither of them expected it to be so expensive. April, because I think her parents just always yeah. paid for her classes, and Andy, she had no idea. 
Because he's Andy. Yeah. <laughs> so they quickly brainstorm ideas to come up with money. And Andy landed at, I'm going to beg for money on the street like a drug <laughs> addict. <laughs> Poor Andy. It's like his college career is in jeopardy before it even starts. Well, April shuts that down and maybe she has an idea. We'll see in a minute. Yeah. Back in Leslie's office and for the second day in a row, Leslie is going to have to listen to someone telling her that her persistence is not always as charming and as admirable as she thinks it is. Yeah. Anne is in Leslie's office with her, listening to her rant again and tries to interject several times. But Leslie just talks over her, <laughs> ironically, while scoffing that Ben called her. A steamroller. Mm. After Leslie continues to talk over and ignore her, Anne finally explodes and says, quote, you're a steamroller. You are a massive, enormous runaway steamroller with no brakes in a cement brick on the gas pedal. You do what you want. You ignore what other people want and you hear only what you want to hear. Leslie's wow. pretty stunned at this. And then. The, her being stunned moves to her being ashamed as she realizes that Anne is right. And Anne consoles her. I thought this was sweet. Anne consoles her by telling her, you, you know, you're you're not a horrible person. You're you're very passionate, which is a good thing. You just push too hard sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I think Leslie seems to take her message to heart. And as a as a former steamroller vows to hang up the. Whatever the rolly thing the on the roller. The, is that what it, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. All right. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, but Alan, wouldn't you agree? I think that Leslie's passion, the thing that caused a little bit of this bad stuff, this yeah. is a good thing for her job in general. Oh, I think it makes her very successful in her job. Not always so much in her personal relationships, however. I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, and she makes a full character swing right here in this one scene, starting off with, oh, my God, everything in my life is going wrong right now. Whose fault is this? I demand to know. Yeah. And Anne tries to tell her, but she isn't having it. Right. You know? Right. And by the end, she's like, yeah, I, I see that I do this you know, steamrolling thing and I, I'm going to try to stop. We need this Anne more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's always a good friend. but She is. This is where a good friend really earns their good friend credit. Right. That That's where a good friend goes from being uh, an, a, a, an indirect enabler to yeah. someone that can yeah. help. And that's fair to say that Anne hasn't always not been that. Right. Yes. Right. Even despite her best intentions. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, it's a pretty serious scene and a little intense to watch, but there's a couple of really funny parts I have to mention. Oh, yeah. You know, Leslie's very defensive and Anne is trying to explain to her in which way she is an enormous runaway steamroller with no brakes and a cement brick on the gas pedal. She says, you made me watch all eight Harry Potter movies. Oh. I don't even like Harry Potter. And Leslie's defense is, that's insane. You love Harry Potter. You've seen all eight movies. That is one of the best examples I've uh, ever seen of circular logic. So that good. is so funny. Uh, so good. Uh, yeah. Well, Mark, from there, we move out into the bullpen, and I think Jerry feels bad about shooting Tom down earlier, and he's hoping to turn that frown upside down. I think he can definitely tell that Tom, for whatever the reason, and you may be right, is definitely down in the down in the doldrums there. And you don't think so, he's connecting the dots? I don't. 
I don't think so. Interesting. And okay. I, I, I don't disagree. I'm just curious. I, it's not that I think Jerry is oblivious. Yeah. I think that Jerry, because he completely didn't have any maliciousness or heat behind mm. what he said, I don't think he realizes the punch to the gut that Tom him. just. Yeah. All right. I, I, I think that you can tell he's kind of meh. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> Tom is sitting at that circular central table that they always have in the bullpen. Yeah. And Jerry walks up. Uh, and he has a, a couple of That's sandwiches. That's the smallest conference table, by the way. <laughs> wow. Yeah. See what I did there? <laughs> Thank you. Well done. Yeah, well thanks. done. Bing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Jerry has a couple sandwiches from the cafeteria. And a little pick-me-up, if you will. Yeah. And and Tom sulks about being, you know, pathetic guys eating pathetic sandwiches. And Jerry tells Tom he's been there some 30-odd years and the best way to cope with this job is to do everything the exact same way every day and to illustrate this point he tells tom that i even use my original first mm. id card that i ever had from my very first day here at parks and rec and he proves it by showing it to him yeah and tom looks at jerry's old id card and his eyes get wide and he gets up and he tells jerry to put his sammy in the fridge, and he takes off somewhere. It's like he hears a. <laughs> it's like he hears that. Yeah, yeah. Put his Sammy in the fridge. Yup. Now we'll have to see what's what idea has occurred to Tom. Well, Mark at the shoe shine stand, and it's been a while since we've been here. Yes. It turns out that it has had a wicked case of inflation hit since we were here last. <laughs> you know the times <laughs> they are a changing. They really are. So. As you said, April and Andy are back at the shoe shine stand, and um, looks like Andy has uh, his his mouse rat stuff back there, at least for this scene. Yeah. Um, and and Andy is uh, shining uh, Kyle's shoes. I think Kyle's really excited that Andy's back, he is, so he's yeah. going to take whatever chance he can get, man. Because yeah. apparently Andy does a great job yes. shining his shoes. And April is selling mouse rat uh, merchandise, and Ron walks up and this. This is a great scene. Um, hey, Constantine, go ahead and play this one, buddy, please. Mouse Rat CD, $30. Candy bars, $50. $50. God, people here are so cheap. April, where have you been? Over two phone calls came in, unimpeded. <laughs> We're raising money for my college education, Ron. I took a second job back at my old job. Do you want a shoe shine? It's $100. <laughs> Laugh all you want, Kyle. I already took the money out of your wallet. Oh. <laughs> Good news, son. You have just won a Ron Swanson scholarship. Wow. I don't think so. I don't remember applying no, for any. Andy, Ron Swanson scholarship. Wait, are you serious? Stop this. No. <laughs> Stop or you lose the money. Why not? I like the kid, and I have the money. One thing I promised myself when I buried gold in my backyard was that I'd never be a hoarder or a miser about it. Isn't that the definition of hoarder or miser? <laughs> what a good scene. That's a great scene. Um, something that probably didn't come across in the audio is, you know, April's trying to get Andy to realize what Ron just said. Yeah. And, and Andy finally, in his Andy way, yeah. finally he gets it. Yeah, he has he, that little... Sound. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. That's yeah. what happens in his little Andy brain. And he stands up 
And he looks at Ron and he goes, are you serious? And Ron just kind of slowly nods. And Andy just looks at him and he smiles big and he just calmly walks over and he gives Ron the biggest bear hug. Yeah. Just really gentle and sweet. And you hear Ron go, stop this. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you actually see Andy just kind of nuzzling. Nuzzles his, in. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> like, so stop it. You lose the money. Um, what a great scene. That's great. <clears throat> poor, poor Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> he just wants one last shoe shine uh, while Andy's back. That's expensive, yeah. but uh, maybe worth it. I'm curious too here, you know, Ron, you know, obviously invented this idea on the spot. And I know that he he likes Andy. I think he's somewhat also motivated, though, to make sure that April can come back and answer the phones. I think that's true. Yeah. But um, I, I agree. I think that I think that Ron has a definite affection for Andy. Like the, the other people that that Ron has an affection towards, be it April uh, yeah. Leslie, even even Tom, yeah. he could give the excuse that he needs them in their place because right. they allow him to avoid people or yes. slows things down or they, it allows him to not do his job. That's not true with Andy. That's true. Yeah, <clears throat> that's true. Except in insofar as the April has let two calls come through unimpeded. I suppose it, it affects April indirectly. Yeah, that that's probably true. <laughs> Well, Mark, back in Ben's office, Anne is looking for some help with her cell phone plan or something like that. I'm unclear. <laughs> Anne walks into Ben's office and stands by his desk and <clears throat> clears her throat. And Ben looks up immediately on guard because, you know, oh, yeah. everything going on. He knows. Is this, is this, you know, real work or is this about Leslie? And Anne tells Ben, go talk to Leslie. And Ben refuses, but Anne persists, saying she thinks Leslie is now finally ready to listen. And it looks like maybe Ben is ready uh, to to listen to uh, to, to Leslie as well. Um, Anne has a really, really good touching anecdote here while she's trying to convince Ben. She, she essentially says, I I know. I get it. Le- Leslie can be strong willed. She can be difficult. She once freaking made me eat an entire cheesecake. At a, at a potluck, so she didn't look bad. Like, and Ben kind of like stops at things like, you ate an entire cheesecake? Why didn't you just throw it away? And Anne says, because with everything she's done for me, I would eat 10 cheesecakes for her. Also, P.S., it was delicious and amazing, like everything she does. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I like there. there's some really excellent undercurrents and writing in some of these scenes, Mark. Yes. Yeah. Well, in the bullpen, they say that uh, even a stop clock is right twice a day, and it just happens to be Tom o'clock right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. We we see uh, Tom and Jerry, and I think Don is helping out for the heck of it. Uh, you know, she's kind of there in the background and and uh, wearing some uh, merchandise. It yeah, looks like. she gets some merch on. And they're doing a little show and tell. Uh, for Chris, and they're demonstrating what Tom has now come up with based on a logo change, yeah, which is what the assignment was. Tom explains that the old 1970s logo is perfect. You got uh, limited edition uh, hats and, and posters and T-shirts, and et cetera. And people love limited edition stuff. Uh, yeah. and, and then parents get caught up in nostalgia. It, it's it's a, it's a slam dunk. A lot like the smallest park. Chris is very, very impressed with Tom. Who And then Tom tells him 
actually Jerry deserves most of the credit as Tom got the idea from seeing the logo on Jerry's old ID card. And Jerry seems rather pleased at getting some very rare praise. Yeah. Tom says, uh, well, the credit actually goes uh, partly to my number four, Jerry. (laughs) He got demoted. (laughs) He got demoted again. (laughs) But that didn't didn't bother him because I think he liked getting the the, the nod there from Tom. And of course, Chris, you know, Chris is Chris. He's like, this is amazing. It's possibly the best idea anyone has had in government in a hundred years. That sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't disagree. Yeah. (laughs) You know, sorry, Leslie, with your whole Harvest Festival thing. I mean, that was cute. The shirts are, yeah. But this is a font. They're the bomb, man. Everybody fonts to rule the world. Oh, my God. (laughs) Actually, I'll tell you what, though. I would actually buy one of these shirts. They're pretty cool. There's some... Serious truth behind what he said. Yeah, no, it limited actually, edition sells. It does, and I gave Tom, you know, a little bit of crap there at the beginning. This is actually a really good idea he came up with. It is, yeah, and I like that he actually gave a little bit of the credit to Jerry. Yes, uh, in a very, uh, you know, uh, what is that called? Passive aggressive, uh, smack in the face. Uh, right. Uh, it, it, it's what's the opposite of damning with faint praise? Oh yeah, uh, crediting with faint uh, hammer to the head. I don't That's know. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Mark, out in the smallest park, we uh, we finally see some evidence that Leslie is listening to the feedback she's getting and that she might, for once, have figured out how to get out of her own way. Yeah, it's it's now dark out. Um, I don't know exactly what time. It may be seven or eight or, you know, it's it's, Indiana dusk. So let's say seven thirty. Great call. Yeah. We're at the state's smallest park and it's completed. It's really quite beautiful. Yeah. we see Leslie seated at the sole bench there, surrounded by flowers and a fountain and illuminated by the sole streetlight. And we see Ben walk up to her. Alan, you know what? Let's let's have Constantine play this one last clip. Hey. Hi. I wasn't sure you were going to come. Well, I got very curious when you only left me one voicemail message instead of your usual 20. <laughs> I'm trying to be a little less intense and a little more considerate. Here, have a seat. But only if you want to. Okay. I want to. I never listened to what you wanted or how you wanted us to be when things ended between us. I just decided what I wanted, and I got upset when you didn't want the same thing. I know that's not fair, and I'm very sorry. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. If you don't want to have any more contact with me, I finally understand. I I don't want that, really. But I just think it's for the best. Okay. Okay. There is another option. We could just say screw it and do this thing for real. I miss you like crazy. I think about you all the time. I want to be with you. So let's just say screw it. No, we would have to tell Chris. Yeah. It could turn into a scandal. Yeah. It could hurt your campaign. I mean, yes. how, would, how would you imagine we do this? I don't know. But I, I know how I feel, and I want to be with you. But I'm done steamrolling people. This is how I feel. How do you feel? Well, there you go, Mark. What a good scene. 
I think that Amy Poehler and Adam Scott, like as from an actor perspective, yeah. I thought they really did a good job. Yeah, with they the really, scene. really did. Yeah. And they, I mean, they always do a great job. Yeah. But these moments, these like kind of poignant moments like this, I mean, this is where I think really good actors and comedians, you know, can sometimes uh, you, you prove your, your real value. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. At the very end there, you know, I'm sure you can tell uh, maybe from the audio, but, you know, Leslie asks Ben how how he feels. He walks over to her, holds her and kisses her. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then the camera zooms out a little bit. A very nice shot so that yeah. we kind of see the entire uh, smallest park uh, within view. And Leslie and Ben holding each other and kissing under the soul streetlight It's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great moment. Well, and, you know, I. I think she showed up ready for that not to be the outcome that ultimately yep. they had. But I'm sure she's glad that that's the way it went down. Oh, we are sure. too. Yeah, yeah, we are too. Absolutely. It's like almost like a sigh of relief after this as a viewer. I, I completely agree. I think you're right. I think she was prepared to be like, this could be it. And I'm ready to make my peace with it. I'm going to try this Hail Mary. Yeah. And it worked. Excellent. Well, we'll talk more about that in our scoring, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, Mark, we are now to the final day of this episode and all that's left is the kicker. And we're going to get a quick glimpse of Andy's first day in women's lasers. I mean, women's <laughs> studies. Get it right. Ron has, I feel like Ron has a another, I'll say a proud papa moment. Yeah. Kind that's of. That's a good way to put it. As he, he, he stands outside of the college with Andy. Like he accompanied him yeah. on his first day. Well, sure. Because um, he won. April lost. <laughs> And, and Andy's preparing to go into his first class, even though Andy forgot his books <laughs> and his computer and he's he's everything. Oh, Andy. But Ron just says, don't worry about it. Pay attention. Enjoy yourself. Shakes his hand. Sends him on his way. And then the, the, the camera cuts from there to Andy in class, apparently sitting in the front row, now babbling to Professor Lonigan about his views on women's studies. Oh, good God. This is, he says, we need to start teaching women football, teaching women UFC, teaching them to drive trucks without crashing. Hey, maybe I'm only sexy. Then maybe that's all you see, but then you can give me extra money and tip money and stuff, and I'll flirt with you and write my name on a napkin, oh, and but they're going to do it in a right kind of legal way that empowers prostitution then we don't rest until we get that that will be a progress and professor lonigan's just looking at him and finally he Horrifying. shuts up he shuts up and says that is extremely incorrect <laughs> like i i thought i thought maybe it was when i uh yep i'll get him next time back to you professor <laughs> oh andy oh. <clears throat> he's trying maybe a little too hard maybe maybe yeah you know, there's that whole, you know, leave a silence and let it be filled by the person who's going to hang themselves. No, no, no. That's not the way he operates. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's exactly what happened to him. Oh, man. I love Ron's talking head, though. He says, uh, you know, uh, my first day of college, my father dropped me off at a steel mill. Yep. He didn't think I should go to college. But then I hitched a ride and rolled and learned a lot. I hope Andy does, too. Yeah. So you can tell he, he not only does he care about Andy, but he's got some personal experience here that, you know, he kind of wants to see Andy go on a little bit of the same journey he had, I think. Agreed. Yeah. 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 Well, nice job, Mark, in the breakdown and everything we did there. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. We'll uh, we'll we'll come back and then uh, we'll score the thing and we'll go home. Let's do it, man. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Are you yardless? 
Perhaps you dwell in some high-rise on the Eagleton border. Do your neighbors complain when you roast a pig, or even worse, invite themselves over? Do you have some place where everybody knows your name, but would rather have some place outside in the fresh air where everybody leaves you the hell alone? If you answered yes to any of these, then you may be interested in the details of this public service announcement. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. It is my duty to inform you, the public, of the Pawnee Parks and Recreation Department's newest offering. Let's see, what are we calling this? Parks of Pawnee City Ordinance Rental Needs, a.k.a. <sighs> popcorn. Alright, who came up with this? Why is the R a gun? Wait a minute. Yeah, that's right, I'm on to you, Haverford. Anyway, Popcorn, let's just call it our newest park rental service, has several offerings ranging from certain sections of beautiful Ramsett Park all the way to our newest and smallest offering, P. Diddy Park. All right, Tom, I know that was also you. Feel free to call our automated phone system at 1-800-555-popcorn. For those of you somehow still possessing rotary phones, I have two additional notes. First of all, bully for you. Technology is truly an empty overlord. Second, our automated phone system will unfortunately not work with your phone, and as a result, we will need you to visit City Hall and talk to our human equivalent of a rotary phone, Ms. Ethel Beavers, upon the fourth floor. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, Mark, as we usually do, we'll cover deleted scenes real quick before we move into a few other things. If you have the DVDs, check these out. Um, I think I had five scenes uh, clocking in somewhere right around 424. And, uh, you know, there, there's, as usual, they're okay. Yeah. I mean, they're not bad. They're mostly alts and extensions of what did make the show. Right. There, there was one small bit that I thought was kind of funny. And it's a little more backstory to the public forum. And, and apparently Leslie explains that she invited some ringers. Mm. And even though Mel didn't get teed, uh, you know, keyed off in that earlier segment that did make it. And this one, he does a little bit. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I remember He's that. in Ben's face kind of shouting at him in the background. Don't look so. at her. <laughs> yeah, don't look at her. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says, uh, has anybody seen that movie Babel? And Mel like, says something like, yeah, I saw that. That's terrible. It's got too many scenes. It's all show-offy. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh. that. But other than that, not much there. Mark, how about first tropes, goofs, and fun facts? I, I only had first and tropes this week. I had everything but goofs. I didn't find any goofs. All right. So we'll make one up. So first, first, uh, I said uh, Andy attends his first college class. Yep. Um, I this is just this is dumb, but I said Leslie and Ben's second first kiss, like first kiss after they broke up. Oh, uh, whatever. <laughs> You're such <laughs> just, a sad. Don't look at me. Um, I said uh, the first appearance of Professor Linda Lonigan. Yeah, we see her again. Yeah, one more time. Yeah, um, and then the, the the first time that we learn that Jerry's real name is Gary, which we see on his original ID card. Nice. How about I, you? I had I had most of those. Um, I also said it's you know the first new park we've actually seen made in the show. Oh, that's good. Yeah. 
I mean, there's been a lot of talk about it, obviously, starting back with the pit, which became the lot. Yep. But it still isn't a park. That's true. And uh, this is the first time we actually see a new park get created, which, you know, kind of an interesting uh, moment for parks and recreation. Yeah. Yeah. I said it's also the first time that Jerry, I think, demonstrated substantial backbone with his little kind of smackdown of Tom, unintentional smackdown of Tom. I, I, I think I would agree with you in that, at the very least, Jerry stood his ground. Like, you Fair know, because he said he's like, you know, Tom, look, you're going way off course. Yeah. But even to do that is like, yeah, it's, it's way past his center. For point. Jerry. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Who, who just usually says, would anybody like this last donut before he eats it? Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that's a good call. Yeah. Um, and I said, Anne yells at Leslie and I put in parentheses for her own good. They have mm. yelled. She has yelled at her. They were drunk. Um, I'm not sure that Anne has stood up to Leslie like this before either, in the same vein that Jerry did for Tom. So, first time Anne showed Leslie tough love. Yeah, I, that's fair. Let's call yeah, it that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how about on tropes? I've got a couple. I have six. Okay. Um, I have uh, punching bag Jerry because, man, they started yeah. early with that. Yeah, they really um, did. Punching bag Kyle. Yeah. $100 shoe shine. That That's painful. Yeah. Um, I had I, what I always credit you for coming up with it. Leslie and compliments. Just shut your beautiful pie yep, hole. Got that one. Um, I ha- I said, I think we've used different variations on Tom the Mogul. I, I don't know if Tom the Mogul is right. I said Tom the Dreamer. Just like he tends like to that. dream yeah. way beyond what he does. Yeah. Right in front sometimes of him. too far beyond. But yeah. Right. Sometimes to good effect. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. Um. I said, and I, we've also had variations of this uh, over something, Leslie. Yeah. I called it LLC. Leslie loses her cool. Like she lets her nerves get to her. Oh, that's interesting. I had over the top for my version. That's about the yeah, same thing. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 And then I also had uh, Ben mugs to the camera, especially when they go to the smallest park. And oh she's like, God. I don't know. It only takes one nutbag to rile them up. Boing. <laughs> Looks right at the camera. How about you? What I miss? Uh, I just, the only thing I had in addition to those great ones was uh, Crazy Pawnians. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. But it's an interesting one because at some point they're not crazy enough for Leslie. So that's new. Right. Yeah. Right. I, right. I love that. That was good. Good call. Um, I, I we Neither of us had goofs, correct? Right. What'd you have on fun facts? Fun facts. I had a couple things. First, um, when, when Andy is having his talking head, remember where he said, uh, I did not graduate from college because I did not attend. attend. Yeah, and you can quotes. see yeah. while he's having that talking head uh, hanging uh, on the wall behind him, you can see a few souvenirs from yeah. his past, yeah. including uh, a framed newspaper from when he caught Fairway, Fairway Frank, Frank. Yeah, and terrific. the cover of the summer catalog where he and April look so happy. Yeah. That's just nice. Yeah. Um, the other fun fact I had was uh, that at one point, Mike Schur had an interview with uh, Alan Sepinwall. Uh, uh, I think he was with HitFix and uh, where they talked about whether uh, whether for this episode they were going to say the nation's smallest park or Indiana's smallest oh, park. Yeah. And he said that when they researched the issue, they found the smallest park in America is Mills End Park in Portland, Oregon. 
a two square foot circle in a traffic median. Wow. And, and, and sure said that they couldn't have Pawnee beat that for two reasons. Number one, Pawnee would become a world famed location and they would have people from Guinness Book of Relative Records. Blah, yeah, blah, blah. Good point. And, and then two, there wouldn't be room for anything in that park, not even a single person. And they needed to have Leslie and Ben there uh, uh, for the scene at the end, nice. obviously. So they decided to make more sense to go with Indiana's smallest yeah. park, which is still good. It's interesting, though, that they went that far with it to like actually consider it and they did I the know. research and right. you know, I'm sure somebody from the show probably went there and checked it out. So. Absolutely. Very cool. Very cool. Well, nice job, Mark. Maybe we should just jump right into scoring then. Let's get into scoring. Oh, I love it. All right. <laughs> Alan, we're doing the MVP thingamajig. Um, I had a tough, a tough time with this oh, one. Was I supposed to pick one this week? <laughs> Don't worry. I'll pick enough for both of us. Mm. I actually did co-MVPs. I, I thought that there were a lot of people that had really good moments in this in this episode, but I chose Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope and Nick Offerman as Ron Swanson. But I think that there are a lot of choices here that, quite frankly, could be argued. Yeah. Um, there are just so many standout performances in this one, but th- those two stand out for me. Um, our viewers may remember that in the past, I called out both Leslie and Tom for kind of unraveling or being jerks, et cetera. As a matter of fact, in the, is the past three or so episodes, it kind of seemed like it was it was becoming a thing, unfortunately. What's interesting to me is that both of them were, to some extent, guilty of that in this episode as well. And yet, not only do I not feel the need to call them out exactly, it really, really worked for me. So what's the difference? I mean, in my opinion, they finally handled Leslie and Tom acting out perfectly. Yeah. Alan, in 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 prior episodes, you and I had discussed redemption being one of the greatest stories of all time. And yep. I, I in this case, I feel like we had a lot of that, either directly or indirectly. And it made me like the characters a lot more. Um so talking about the stories here, just real quick in reverse order for me. So that I had the C story, the April Ann or a- April. Andy, Ron story. There were a slew of pure comedy moments here for both Andy and Ron. I, I thought April was was funny as well, but I felt like her role was there more to push the others into chaos. <laughs> um, for what it's worth, I think you would make an incredible brunette. Are you right. kidding me? That's so that's so Ron. Um, this story had some really nice character moments, even in, in addition to the hilarity. I love the whole angel devil dynamic Ron and April had uh, w- with Andy driving him to take what class. And the ending of the storyline was fantastic. You know, Ron deciding to give Andy the, the scholarship, Andy giving him a really genuine long hug. You know, stop this. No, <laughs> I love that. So just I, I love that whole storyline. And then the proud Papa moment, of course, at the end with the kicker. Um for the B story, the Tom, Jerry, Donna, and I guess Chris to some extent, I like the pairing of over the top Tom with boring milk toast Jerry. Like I thought it kind of worked just as a pairing in general, pr- primarily because of how they decided to write Tom in this episode. We saw Tom go way, way overboard in typical Tom style. And in the process, he was kind of a jerk to Jerry, even by PBJ standards, That's which, true. which I was even more impressed that Jerry didn't come back like, you know, mad. But Jerry actually, you pointed this out, Jerry actually kind of stood his ground and he stood up for himself. And in the process, Jerry ends up taking Tom down a peg, but I don't think maliciously by highlighting how his dreamer over the top tendencies can be his downfall as they were for his now failed company, Entertainment 720. It's a little ouchy, but not undeserved. 
That's exactly right. Yeah. And we see Tom go through the cycle of being taken down a peg, giving up, sulking, having an idea, and then using his talent, albeit in a pulled back manner, to come up with an idea that, holy crap, is actually good. Yeah. It's really good. And in the process, Tom also shows some humility by giving some of the credit to Jerry, who unknowingly, you know, helped him. Um, and finally, one of the things I like most about this storyline, as strange as this might sound, is is Tom's talking head when he was in the depths of his sulking. He said, and I quote, I guess I'm Jerry now. After work, I'll just go home straight to my boring house, kiss my wife and have a home cooked meal with my three beautiful daughters. What a miserable life. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant mm -hmm. because. I, I felt like it was a subtle reminder. You talked about having a Jerry support group, right? Yep. I thought this was a subtle reminder of what all of us Jerry fans already knew. Jerry is freaking awesome. Yeah. Jerry has an awesome life. He is loved. He is appreciated. And I think Tom's words in that talking head may have sounded sarcastic. But what I like to think is that there was an aching core of jealousy mm. there deep down. Yeah. And a desperate longing to someday have exactly mm. what Jerry has. Um, and this this goes back to what I, I said when I reviewed last episode, as a matter of fact, Alan, as much as I've harped on Tom and the way he's been written, in some ways, I feel like because of how shallow his character has been, he has the most potential for heartfelt redemption. And I think it's a huge runway. And I think this was a taste of that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I like that. For the A story, the Leslie Ben, I guess a little bit Chris, but meh. Um, there were several things about this storyline I really liked. Leslie got called out big time by both Ben and Anne and accept and eventually accepted the criticism, took it to heart, made heartfelt apologies, and she tried to do better. And even though Anne just got done raking Leslie over the coal, she still loves Leslie enough to convince Ben to talk to her when Ben was ready to just throw in the towel. And I love I won't go over it again, but I love Anne's cheesecake anecdote. I thought that was really, mm -hmm. really good. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day. Leslie Nope is a, a type. She's a type A perfectionist. She's nerdy. She's determined. She's driven. She's talented. She's thoughtful. She's kind. But sometimes she is not the smoothest in social situations. Her nerves end up getting the best of her, I think, when she's not in control sometimes. Mm. Um, and I don't particularly like exactly Leslie unraveling all the time, like especially if there's no consequences like in the last three episodes. Yeah. But having said that. Leslie unraveling can work really, really well when she's given a chance to come back and she's reined back in and put back on track. That, that's the journey. That's the hero's mm -hmm. journey, right? It is. Very um, much. And, you know, last but not least for the A story, hooray for Bensley. <laughs> <laughs> um, I knew you were a secret shipper. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess I guess a small nitpick. They didn't give Donna much to do. No. But. You know what? That's all I got. Yeah. As far as the nitpick. Yeah. Um, all right. She's still in it. I think when you look at it from a bench perspective, you still get to count her screen time. I do. Yeah. I, that, that's a good point. She's an add a lot. All right. So now, now for the crazy Mark rubric. Um, from a writing story and plot perspective, they nailed it. They nailed it. I cared about all three stories. I was fully engaged with all three stories. Base score five. Okay. I'm going to give a half point for a great performance from Amy Poehler. Co-MVP is Leslie Nope, And another half point for uh, for Nick Offerman is Ron Swanson. I'm going to give a half point for Jerry standing up for himself and, and indirectly, I think, taking Tom down a peg and getting some praise. 
I'm going to give half a point for Tom having some humility and, and channeling his creativity and holy cow, a constructive direction. And and I think I like to think hinting that maybe he envies Jerry a little mm-hmm. bit. I like to think I that. Like that I'm going to give a half point for just because I love this love so much. For what is worth, I think you would make an incredible brunette. Pause. Ron Swanson. <laughs> and not just that, but th- th- there are some great Ron moments. So just half point for the Ron moments, I guess. Um, I'm going to give a half point for Ron giving Andy the scholarship and getting hugged. That whole scene. And, and also for Ron's proud papa moment, just yeah. kind of ending the storyline, uh, seeing him off for his first day. I thought, just thought that was really, really nice. And the thing is, it wasn't just a really nice story. There's really, really funny moments in it, too. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm going to give a half point for both Ben and Anne standing their ground with Leslie and saying enough is enough, giving her the tough love, kind of like we talked about. Um, I'm going to give half a point for the great ending sequence with Leslie and Ben under the street lamp in the smallest park. Just really, really, really nice. And I'm going to give a final combo half point. Not only part of it for the Pawnee uh, public forum with the crazy Pawneeans, because that's always kind of nice, not in huge, huge doses, but in little doses. I like it. And I'm also the, the other part of that combo half point, I guess, is with maybe the exception of Chris and April and Donna, really good, funny and satisfying character development across the board Mm. for a lot. Most of them, you know, so you add all that up. 9.5 9.5 for me for this episode. Wow. Um, I was admit, I was a little surprised. I felt so strongly about this episode. And it's possible that part of it is the the sensation that this is like finally, in a way, some sort of payoff to the atrocious behavior that we've seen in prior episodes. I can see that. It almost makes it like it's worthwhile. Almost. Almost. So anyway, that's it for me. What you got, buddy? All right. So 9.5. 9.5. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying the sound says I'm wrong. The sound says you're wrong. Okay. So my my first notes early in the week on this were this episode has it all parts. I hate and parts I love. Mm. And I think while I came down off of that hate part a little bit, I would say now tempered that this episode had a lot. It had all the parts I was annoyed by initially, but came to appreciate later and parts I did love. Um, For me, you know, Leslie being the annoying steamroller-ish, you know, uh, person at the beginning of the episode, I I think we finally start to really feel that, you know, she's desperate to be with Ben. Like, Mm -hmm. we start to finally understand the motivation. And it makes it easier to relate to her, uh, to be less annoyed by her, Mm -hmm. and kind of see where she's coming from. And yet, you know, she's really hard to like at times when she's that Leslie. She just is just like when Tom's that Tom. Um, But I think once she opens up and she's honest about it, she finally wins us over. Um, But until then, like I said, she's can be a little hard to tolerate and not very easy to empathize with. Um, It took really those, you know, brutally honest feedback sessions with both Anne and Ben for her to finally turn the corner. So she's pretty stubborn, Mm, right? Like she just doesn't see that at first and she really needed help to get there. But, you know, that's a pretty good humanistic story, too. um, But like you said, I think part of my initial reaction to this episode was, 
oh, here we go again yeah, yeah. for a fourth time in a row. Yep. Right. And it was going to be really hard to, if it didn't turn out the way it did, I think it would have been a really tough episode to love. Um, Tom and the Tom and Jerry storyline, I, I liked it. It wasn't bad. It never reached great heights, I would say. Um, it did have a good, satisfying ending, you know, where Tom kind of, you know, brings home a, a good idea. Um, and then it was nice for him to give some of that credit to Jerry, even if it was a little backhanded. Um, still added to the funny for sure. Right. Um, I think that storyline in particular could have been a little funnier. Um, like, and that's what I mean. I think it could have just been, you know, if, if you gave that piece of the, the whole story a three or a three five, it could have been a four without a lot more effort. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure exactly how he would have done it. But, you know, one thing did occur to me that Tom is a little bit like Jim Halpert. You remember the office like where Jim sometimes, well, he gets a little distracted. I don't know if you remember that about him. <laughs> yeah. But then like in 10 minutes, he can do most of his day's work and do it pretty darn well. Yeah. Tom's kind of the same way. Like he he can hem and haul around this thing, kind of circle around it. Then he finally had his little, you know, bing moment and he saw the logo and then he knew what the idea was and he delivered a good product. But, you know, he didn't get straight to it, but neither does Jim. So hmm. I'm not comparing them in any other way. I'm just saying that there was a Halpert-esque quality about, you know, Tom can do the job. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So. I don't I don't know how. I, I, that's interesting. I'm, I'm thinking about that. You know, it seemed like when Tom was with Entertainment 720, he was oblivious to this thing called a budget. Like like he was so oblivious. Ugh. And we I, we won't I rehash know, this. We harped on it. Yes. But but so I, I say that only to say this. Tom's ideas in a vacuum, like even the first ideas he came up with, I don't think personally, I don't think it's that his ideas in a vacuum yeah. were horrible. I think it's that he had zero concept of like, you can suggest anything you want if you don't have any concern as to how much it's going to cost. Anybody can suggest anything. That's true. But when you kind of, when you focus your talents and you rein it in and say, I have to fit this. Yeah. And he finally did that. That's that, true. That's cool. Yeah. Well, and that's partly on Chris for not giving him some constraints to live within. Well, that's, you know what? There, there's something to that. Yeah, when, you have, when you have a Tom Haverford working for you, yeah. you have to know how to like sh shepherd him in. You really do. You're going to wind that point. thing up. You better know. You better put up the guardrails. Yep. Yep. Um, the, the third storyline, the Andy goes to school storyline I at first I did not love it. I'll be honest. I think I had some trouble with it. Like I didn't I think what it was missing for me was why? Why now? What triggered this? It felt out of the blue. And once I finally let myself start watching and enjoying the storyline, I liked it more, but I think I got really hung up on where this come from. Like they hadn't Andy, like one or two lines, an episode or two ago, would have given us something to, to anchor this to. The only thing I came up with was, remember how at one point when when Tom first went to, I think this was in the beginning of season four, uh, very beginning, Tom was at Entertainment 720 and he was trying to lure Andy away. I remember and, that. And Andy's like, 
I think maybe there's something out there. She's saying this to April. I think maybe there's something out there for me, but behind besides being a shoe shinist, but All I right. don't, but I don't know what it is. So I don't know if that's self improvement exactly. But he's kind of thinking in the future. Okay, that's fine. You know what? I'll, I'll give you that. Um, don't put seven episodes between those two moments. <laughs> yeah, that again. That, that'd be my yeah. my chief complaint about why now. You know, again, I think if you did that the next episode or the episode after it. That had been a lot more recent memory. And maybe I'm the only one I forgot. Uh, so, you know, shame on me, dang it. <laughs> no, I'll I take half point. a point away from myself today. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also think this storyline could have also been another one that was a little funnier. Um, but it did an interesting job and it, and it showcased some really nice moments for Nick Offerman and his fatherly role for Andy. And Aubrey Plaza, you know, kind of doing her thing too, which ranged from devil on the shoulder to almost motherly at times Mm -hmm. where, you know, she's not letting Andy kind of make that mistake, you know, like, you know, no Andy, uh, it's a Ron Swanson scholarship, you know? Uh Um, So uh, Andy has the love and support of both of them and frankly needs it from time to time. Yeah. Um, my MVP for this episode was Amy Poehler, though, uh, because I think in the end, if I look back, even though I was annoyed with her at the beginning because of kind of where the character role was going to start in the exact same place we left it where she hasn't learned a darn thing. She did a really good job. Amy did a really good job of making the Leslie arc here in this episode, this mini arc come to life all the way from, yes, I'm going to you know, root against her because she's just too, she didn't get in it, you know, she's mm-hmm. going to do that same stuff again, all the way to, wow, I really feel for her. And she's obviously can't, you know, this is where she falls down, right? Where she's very human. She's not superpower Leslie, right? right. She just, she she's really, vulnerable. She's very vulnerable. She yeah. wants to be with Ben and she can't work it out. And so she does things that, uh, you know, um, a little childish at times, not unlike Andy, as a matter of fact. Yeah, so, I can't disagree with that. But uh, well-deserved MVP for her. Nick did a fine job. So no, he was really good, actually. Fair enough. So, no, I, I really I think your co-MVP works really well for me as well, as a matter of fact here. Mark, I, I don't disagree with your 9.5, except that I gave it an 8.5. All right. Well, that that's that's within the, your allowed one point difference from the correct score. My my caveat to that, <laughs> yeah, I wrote this down at the time I scored it. Was I put eight point two five in parentheses? Oh my! Because I, I think honestly, if we're honest with ourselves and we did quarter points, I'm just curious. You know, they're clearly not allowed. Let's not do it again. We don't want to upset the the powers that be. Mm-mm. But if if I were going to score this with po- quarter points. I might just as easily have gone down as up from the 8.5. How about you? I probably would have gone down okay. uh, to a 9.25-ish. Right, um, right. That'd make you more right and less wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I I don't know. I, I think that there are just some things that it, this episode was so satisfying. That's one of the things that, that stood out to me is I thought, you know what? I, I can either come away from a Parks and Rec episode because I think it's like really, really funny. Yeah. Another way that I can come away thinking it was a good episode is if I'm really satisfied with it, like I th- from a story perspective. You sure, know? of course. And, and I felt like this. And you hope they ultimately do all of the above. And and, and for me, this one did both. I, I, I think I think I was so 
uh, from the past three episodes or so that when they finally showed some character development for Tom and Leslie, I was yeah. like, yes. So it may have come across as like a stronger moment than than maybe it was warranted to. Because what you're saying, I'm just going to be clear on this. Uh-huh. At a 9.5, you're saying this is a tie with Harvest Festival. Um, Harvest Festival, uh, the, the, the official score, um, that I paid for with my removal of my parking spot is a 9.75. <laughs> I paid for that score in blood. So I you can did. say that yeah. or oil, whatever yeah. my car believes. Whatever it is. Um, yeah. So I would say that there's potentially a half point difference between the two. All right. I opened up. I, that's my fault for even mentioning quarter points today. <laughs> I, I see your point, though. But that's why I think our scoring system is tough. And yeah, with a half point limitation we gave ourselves, that's why I, I, you know, I couldn't I couldn't go to a nine on this one. We're getting too close to the episodes that I really, really felt were really strong in season three. And uh, we're this was the closest thing we've had to a season three episode in season four, though. I will give you that. I For, for me, I think in, in season four so far. This was my favorite episode. Yeah, no, I'm saying the same thing. Yeah. And, and and that's even with the my slight annoyances as the episode starts. And I think if they had maybe moved out of those a little quicker in the episode, it would have damaged, done less damage to me, so to speak. <laughs> but for, for a good long minute in this episode, I'm still thinking here we are again. So, Alan, I, I have a question for you. Yeah. You know how we've we've gone on and on about how um, Tom, but particularly I think Leslie has had some uh, un- unfortunate uh, uh acting out uh moments yeah and i guess tom too ish you expect it more from tom for whatever reason do you think that the writers interpreted like i'm gonna include this one so like this four episode do you think that they considered that like a behavior arc like maybe they made leslie like Meh, on purpose so that because they knew that she was gonna, gonna get this redemption moment in this one well i mean we do know that they plot out the whole season right and then they fill in the individual episodes they assign those out to individual writers all four of those episodes were written by different people mm-hmm. um but that's not to say they didn't plan that and that it's going to take a while for this thing to get to that level, whatever yeah. thing X is. And in this case is behavior arc you're referring to. Um, I, I think it's fair to, I think they're smart enough to have planned something like that. Yes. I just possible. don't know if they did. Yeah, it certainly is. I think it'd be interesting to compartmentalize the first four episodes against what comes next and kind of say, you know, was that the, was that truly an arc that got us to this point and we don't go back or do we go back? I mean, what happens next? Right. Cause I, I think, I think grumpy Mark would not have been so strong in the last three episodes. If I knew, hang on, hang on, there's a redeeming moment coming up. This, this is part of a story. Like it would have given me something to hold on to. But when I look at the episode in the vacuum of the episode, I'm yeah. like, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> or not, that's too strong. But, you know, it, it's disappointing. Yeah. No, I don't disagree with that. So I think we'll have to keep an eye out for that. That's very interesting. Agreed. I mean, this episode is something of a catalyst, if you will, for what happens next. Right? Yeah. I mean, very they're going to put it out on the table. They're going to consequences be damned. Yep. Uh, and we're going to find out exactly what those consequences might be in the next episode. That's right. Yeah. So join us next week when we're back for season four, episode nine, the trial of Leslie. No. Oh man. Kind of tells you what might actually happen right there. Sure enough. NBC, you did good with that one. <laughs> a little bit of a spoiler. Yup. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to breaking that down with you, Mark. Looking forward to talking to all of our viewers again next week. And uh, we'll talk to you then. All right. Bye everyone. Bye everyone. Bye everyone.
Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us.